He is risen. He is risen indeed. Now we're finding out. Some of you slept through the beginning of the service. All right, let's try that one more time. I'm going to say he is risen. You're going to say he is risen indeed. He is risen. There it is. Amen and happy Easter, boy. We are so glad you're here. Oh, we can clap for that. All right. We'll clap for that. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, if you're a guest with us today, boy, we are so glad you're here. You're in the right place as we celebrate Resurrection Day and we kick off a new series, This Changes Everything. Uh, for the next few weeks, we're talking about change. What would it take for us to change? What would it take to change everything? I, I was getting ready, doing some research for this series, so I did what you're supposed to do. I went and Googled how to change everything. And of course, the internet had some wonderful suggestions. Interestingly, the very first suggestion I discovered was uh, lots of people who want to argue that beards change everything. Have you seen this? Beards change everything. Some of you who have a good beard are like, yeah, they do. And I'll be honest, I was not convinced. I look at a lot of pictures uh, and was unconvinced until I found, found this picture. This is uh, Captain America, Chris Evans. And in the first picture, he looks like he lives today. And in the next picture, of course, he's been traveled back in time to 1979. So apparently, you just shave your beard and you can do time travel. So maybe beards do change everything. But, but I can't grow a beard, so that wouldn't work for me. So I kept looking, you know, farther down the Google results, and I discovered somebody else that wants to argue that punctuation changes everything. And again, that seems pretty exaggerated. I mean, I know punctuation's important and all, but I don't know if it changes everything. Uh, but then I did discover the power of a comma. Here, you can check this for yourself. Let's eat grandpa <laughs> is very different from let's eat grandpa. I mean, so there you go. You can see uh, correct punctuation can save a person's life. Uh, you might need that tonight, today. If you're doing Easter dinner with family, you might want to pay attention, put that all-important life-saving pause. Uh, it's not just periods. I mean, it's not just commas. Uh, periods also save lives. Here's a sentence. Uh, here's a sign right here. Uh, hunters, please use caution when hunting pedestrians using the walking trails. Again, I mean, I guess the sign makes sense. Pedestrians can be tricky. They could start running at any moment or hide in a bush or something. So you do. I'm pretty sure there was meant to be a period about halfway down that sign. At least I'm really hoping that that's a typo and not what they intended to put on the sign. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, but change is funny, isn't it? You know? It's funny, you think about change, you talk about change. I feel like at any given moment, we're kind of drifting between one of two postures. Uh, sometimes we're in a situation where it feels like everything is changing, where change is happening to us and to our world, and boy, we would do anything to unchange all the things that are changing. You know, that just, just happens sometimes. Uh, but sometimes it's the other way, isn't it? Sometimes we just feel so stuck and if we just wish we could figure out some way to change something, stuck, you know, maybe you're stuck in high school wanting to get out of this town as fast as you can, or stuck in midlife, or stuck in retirement, or stuck alone when you wish you were with somebody, or stuck with somebody when you wish you were alone, I don't know. But if it happens, right, you know, uh, that we just get, and, and what I've noticed is when people get stuck just wanting something to change, they just start trying stuff. Have you ever seen somebody do that? They just start changing everything, hoping something works, you know, they'll get a, a new car and a new outfit, maybe move to a new town or get a new job or get into a new relationship or a new look or something like that. And, and, and sometimes 
you know, it, it does make a little bit of difference, you know. I mean, it, it's not that these kinds of changes do nothing, uh, but they never quite live up, right? You know, we tell ourselves, this new diet, if I could just lose a little weight, that would change everything. Uh, but, but it doesn't. They, they don't change everything. I, the, the reason I think they don't is because what I've observed is that usually... Any change we can manufacture on our own, the best it can do is change our circumstances. But usually that isn't the change we really want. We don't really want to change our circumstances. We really want to change our destiny. We, we really want to change us. And on all the little changes that we can pull off, they don't do that. They don't change us. They don't change our destiny. In, in fact, one of the things that really sets Jesus apart in life is that Jesus is the only one who offers change that changes us and changes our destiny. And if you can offer change like that, well, that would change everything. In fact, here, here's what we see in Scripture again and again in God's Word. We see this truth, that when it feels like nothing will ever change, Jesus can change everything. That happened to this guy uh, who was sitting by the pool of Bethsaida. Uh, John chapter 5 tells us this story. Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. And there in Jerusalem near the sheep gate was a pool. And here a great number of disabled people used to lie down. The blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Uh, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I've no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred because they believe that when the water moved around, if you got in the pool first, you'd be healed. He says, whatever I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked 38 years, stuck, sure that nothing would change. He would lie there by the water day after day after day. But here's what it turns out is true. When it feels like nothing can ever change, Jesus can change everything. I think about Jesus' disciples in the days after his death. Luke tells us about two of them that were walking down the road. They were on their way to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. As they went, they talked to each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Uh, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still with their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, but the chief priests and the rulers they handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped, pay attention to those words, we had hoped 
that he was the one who was going to change everything. That he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped, but what is more, it's now been three days since all this took place. His disciples lived in a world where nothing seemed like it had ever changed. God's people had been ruled by one nation and oppressed by one nation after another. With no real change, they continued to try to live lives of obedience, hoping to honor God. They continued to offer sacrifices, hoping to atone for their sins, and nothing had changed. And they had hoped that Jesus would change everything. But if Jesus was dead, then they were right. Nothing had changed. They go on. In addition, some of our women, uh, they confused us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. Uh, They came and they told us they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. But then some of our companions went to the tomb, and though they found it just as the women said... They did not see Jesus. Jesus said to them, How foolish you are! How slow to believe all the prophets have spoken! Did not the the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked to us on the road concerning the scriptures? And so they got up and they returned at once. Here in the night, they ran back miles to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Now we just need to pause just for one second. We'll get back to the main sermon for a second. But we've got to notice something here. If I were these women, I'd be like crazy ticked. Like the women see Jesus and they go to the disciples and say, we saw Jesus. And everybody's like, I don't know. I don't know. But then Peter sees Jesus and everybody's like, it's true. It's true. So I don't know. There was definitely some strong words later when the women were like, yeah, we told you. But anyways, let's move on. So anyways, it's true. The Lord has risen and he's appeared to Simon. And then these two that we've been following, they told what had happened on the way. And how Jesus was recognized them when he broke the bread. And now, just when they thought that nothing had changed, now Jesus is alive. And that changes everything. See, this may be your Easter today, okay? You may be here today, stuck, maybe 38 years, wishing something could change. Several years ago, I had a conversation with a guy. He said, Ethan, I'm 33 years old. I've got a house. I've got a job. I've got a family. And I'm bored. He says, is this it? Do I just do this for the rest of my life? Take care of the house and go to work and hang out with my family? Is this the whole thing? Like, is life just done? Just on repeat? Or could something change? Talked to a guy just a few weeks ago, 67. He's retired and he's drifting. He says, I've got my whole life ahead of me. And I've got nothing to do. 
Maybe you're stuck today. And you're wondering, what, what, what change could you make that would really change everything? Would it be a new job or a new relationship or a new look or a new car? Well, I want to suggest that if you want to do more than just change your circumstance, if you really want to change everything, what you need is a new king. And you need a new commitment to that king. Because all these other changes can just change your circumstance. Only Jesus can change you and change your destiny. But here's the thing. A whole bunch of us aren't facing the sense that we're stuck. We're in the opposite situation. We're facing a world that's changing faster than we'd hoped. Maybe you're in a moment where change is happening to you and around you and you would give anything to unchange the change. Maybe you've just lost a loved one or a friend you thought you could rely on has betrayed you and abandoned you or you have a relationship in turmoil or your health is in decline or your job has been lost or your world and your family is in chaos if that's your situation surrounded by a change you wish you could unchange you need to know something about Jesus and change it isn't just true that when nothing ever changes Jesus can change everything it's also true that when everything changes, Jesus can change everything. And in fact, he's the only one who can. And some of you need this truth this Easter. In fact, for some of you, it's the reason you're here. You think you're here because your friend invited you or because grandma told you to come. I, you think you're here for a whole host of reasons. But maybe the reason you're here is because your world is changing right now. Your family's changed or your health has changed or some, so your, your situation has changed in some way and you're trying to figure out what do I do when everything changes? Or maybe it hasn't just happened. Maybe it's about to happen. That's how our God works. Our God can see around the corners of our lives where we can't see. Maybe over the next 12 to 18 months you're going to be walking through a season where everything's going to change and it's not a change you wanted or a change you asked for but everything's going to change and when that happens God wants you to know that when everything changes Jesus can change everything. I want you to meet some friends who have learned that truth in a way that no one would ever want to but they've learned it and they want to tell you what they've learned so that you will know that when everything changes, Jesus changes everything. Take a listen to their story. The first few years that we were together was like a fairy tale. We loved the same stuff. Our families meshed, got married, bought a house, started our new family. We had dreams of both of us getting our doctorates, someday teaching in college, raising our kids and eventually growing old together. But one week shy of our first anniversary, uh, we got some news that changed our story. My name is Josh. ALS, as you can see, takes away a lot of my abilities. I felt very sorry for myself. I thought the world should stop. However, on the way from the doctor, I noticed the world was very much the same. When we got home, I told Tabitha not to tell anyone. I did not want to talk about the diagnosis nor did I want anyone to know. I went to work the next day. 
Since it was summer the school was empty. I spent a lot of time talking to God, crying and being angry. I heard the song Blessings on the radio. It said what if your blessings come through raindrops, what if healing comes through tears, what if trials in this life are your mercies in disguise. At that point I decided I was going to allow God to use this disease however he wanted. I was going to be willing. God has given me a peace that is beyond explanation. I believe God has prepared me for this challenge my whole life. I failed him many times, but God stuck by me, matured me, and made me the man I am today. I have learned the value of being a servant and the value of giving. I have often struggled with figuring out what I have to offer, and our purpose is to be a servant of Jesus and my health doesn't change that. I am ashamed to admit it took a terminal disease to make me truly realize nothing is mine, rather it is all God's. When you have that perspective, you have great joy to be a giver. One thing that Josh always loved to do, he ran for competition, and so um, he was training for a marathon when he got diagnosed, so his friends got together and found a way to push him in a cart. Since then, we have done about 35 to 40 a year. Continue running because I love to compete, however, there is a much deeper purpose that drives me. You see every race, I am the only adult being pushed, everyone else is pushing children. At first, I felt really embarrassed and sometimes I still have to battle those same feelings. Every single race someone says to me and my team, you guys are such an inspiration. Every race people see our motto faith over fear on our shirts and on my card. So I continue to race to spread God's word. Uh, when Josh was diagnosed, we received one message, but God has changed that message to something else for us. A doctor said, you will not beat this. And God said, I will take what Satan meant for evil and turn it to good. The world said, you cannot take care of him by yourself. And God said, I will provide. Satan says, you are alone. And God says, I am close to the brokenhearted and I save those who are crushed in spirit. Satan says, you have lost everything. And God said, I will make all things beautiful. A lot of times we hear people when they get a good report from the doctor or someone gets healed, we say God is good, but we've learned through this struggle that God is not only good in those times, He is good all the time. And I think that's when you really, your faith grows, is nothing can shake you when you know God is good no matter what the circumstance. Faith over fear means to me that God has promised to never leave or forsake us, so what do we have to fear? He has defeated death, so there is no fear of that. It changes things from there being a time of no hope and complete despair to now having the opportunity for complete hope and total victory. Our world was completely changed after this diagnosis, and we realized that the most important change is the work that God has done in us and through us during this diagnosis, which no one wants. I mean, we would give it back <laughs> gladly, but um, God uses things that are not good situations to change you and to change others. And the story of Easter, that He came and that he died 
and that he rose again and he defeated the grave is what we rely on every day because if this disease takes Josh I know we have a promise and that is the only way we live is knowing that promise um, I don't know how people live not knowing they have that promise so God has changed everything for us Jesus changes everything So Josh and Tabitha have learned what God's word teaches over and over again. Uh, when everything changes, and eventually everything changes, we scramble and we try stuff. We try getting angry about it. We try denying it. Uh, we try changing some little thing about our situation, thinking that will change everything or change it back or unchange the change. But then eventually, it doesn't work. Because when everything changes, only Jesus changes everything. I think about Mary, uh, not Jesus' mom, but one of his friends. Her brother was sick. She'd sent for Jesus to come and heal him, but Jesus didn't come on time. In fact, he died, and four days later, Jesus still hadn't arrived, and Mary thought to herself, if only Jesus had been here, he could have done something. Things would have been different, but now everything's changed, and so now nothing can change. And then, four days late, have you ever felt like Jesus showed up four days late? That happens sometimes, doesn't it? Four days late, Jesus showed up, and he says to Mary, I in the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, the one who trusts in me, will live even though they die. And whoever lives by trusting in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you trust this, Mary? And she says, yes, Lord, I believe you. I trust that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And just a few minutes after that conversation, Jesus walked over to the tomb and called Lazarus out. And what was planned to be a funeral turned into a party because when everything changes, only Jesus can change everything. Jesus does not only, always change our circumstance, but he always changes us, and he always changes our destiny. Paul writes to the church in Rome, he says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? And he answers his own question. Well, nobody... If God is on your side, there's nobody to stand against you. He goes on, Christ who died. And more than that, who was raised to life is even now at the right hand of God and is advocating for us. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, 
nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because even when everything changes, Jesus changes everything. Paul says, listen, things change. Stuff happens, and sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's not. And when everything changes, there is only one who changes everything. It's the same one who conquered death. It's the same one who heals the sick. It's the same one who has redirected history. It's the same one who saves sinners and rescues families and heals relationships and gives purpose to the wandering and turns funerals into parties. So I don't know where you are with change today, okay? Maybe you're stuck wishing something could change. Or maybe you're surrounded and everything is changing. All I know is whether you're stuck or surrounded, only Jesus changes everything. If on the cross, Jesus can change the guilty into the forgiven, And if in the resurrection, Jesus can change death to life, then in your life, Jesus can change everything. I want to be real specific. I want you to understand how Jesus wants to change your life. Be real specific. I'm not going to say everything there is to say, but I want to say a couple things. The first thing is, Jesus wants to change your future. That is what the resurrection of Jesus proves is that the grave does not have to be the end of your story. That Jesus Christ offers real hope beyond this world. And no other earthly change can offer that. No new job or new look or new outfit or new relationship can offer a change that outlasts the grave. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a sure and confident hope that Jesus will change your destiny. The other way Jesus wants to change you is he wants to change you now. Not just your circumstance. Jesus wants to change you. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they are a brand new creation. Jesus can do that in your life. You could submit to the waters of baptism, be washed clean from who you were, and rise again, a new creation in Christ. I hope some of you will come back over the next few weeks. The series we're starting, This Changes Everything, it's all about that. How the resurrection changes us and our lives in practical ways. How, How Jesus can change a person with no purpose into a person on a mission to save the world. Jesus can change scared people into brave people and weak people into strong people and broken families into stories of redemption and hope and possibility. Jesus Christ offers a living hope because he offers hope of eternal life and he offers hope in this life today. Every other change that anybody else offers at its very best will change your circumstances for a little while. Only Jesus can change your destiny. Only Jesus can change you. Only Jesus can change everything. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for Jesus, for our lives need to change. We are in chaos And everything is changing and we are stuck and we want to change and we look around and on our own we can change so little. 
And so we thank you for Jesus, who by the power of the resurrection in our lives, truly changes everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.